for another episode of the Cheap Seats Podcast. I am Wire to Wire Gene. I'm in a hotel room. I'm running off my cell phone, so excuse the sound quality, if at all any issues. But right above me is the Prince of Production, the man, the myth, the legend, Kyle the King Edwards. What's up, brother? How you feeling? Hey, man, I'm good. Anytime I get a chance to be with you guys on here on the Cheap Seats, I'm ready to go. And I think we've got some good topics tonight. Facts. Upper right corner. I got the newest member of the Chief Seats Podcast, Dylan Reed. Big D. What's up, Dylan? What's up? What's up, guys? And then in the bottom right corner, the guy sitting right next to me, he needs no introduction, is Jordan Jean-Louis, big JJL Experience. How you feeling, Jordan? Man, I'm all the nickname Big J, JJ Experience. But uh, what's going on, y'all? Going to have a good show. Happy Monday. I hope y'all, everyone had a good day. Let's get started. Let's get to it. I'm rolling. Well, the first question at night, so we can get rolling right away, is coming to us from the Prince of Production, and that's Kyle Edwards. Kyle, lead us in. Yeah, so it's basically, if you were running the Portland Trailblazers, we heard all the stuff of Dame, and, you know, they drafted Scoot Henderson. What would be your next, you know, plan of action with the team? What's your decision on Dame Lillard, and how do you, you know, take the team going forward? So very simple. I think we could start with start with Jordan on this one. Yeah, like I said, I don't know if you saw my message. Uh, the audio of my dad is working out, but um, so I I think that he should. Uh, I'm tired of the uh, back and forth. He want he's the the rain chasing. I think he should go. Um, I think the only team that's out there right now that's kind of like out for him is Miami. But well, remember, you're for- taking this from the perspective that you run Portland, not if you're. Oh dating. yeah, I'm I'm. I'm if I can get some draft assets, some some picks, okay. some players for him. I'm shipping him out. Um, because if I'm the organization and I'm hearing my player like Dame saying, "Oh, he wants he wants out, he wants to stay in," I'm like, "You gotta pick either or, man." So I think the only team that that that's out there right now is Miami. The question for, for them is, what are they going to give up for for them for Dame? Um, so yeah, if I was if I was the organization of Portland, I. I I want to get. I want to do a rebuild. I got this Scoot Henderson. Um, I mean, Grant's still a free agent, so we, we need to rebuild. Um, so yeah, that's that's my answer. Okay, um, we'll go Gene next. Uh, so listen, it's very rare on this show that you will get me agreeing with Jordan. Uh, I think if I'm the Portland Trailblazers, listen, I'm telling you right now, if I'm the Portland Trailblazers. There's nothing worse in the NBA than what I call purgatory. When you're in NBA purgatory, and that means you're the fifth through 10th seed in your conference, you have no chance of winning, but you also have no chance of getting a top-tier pick. They had the third overall pick. They end up getting Scoot Henderson, which is huge, but you're in purgatory. You have to rebuild. There's nothing that you can do with an aging superstar like Dame Lillard. His asset value is as high as it's going to be going forward. It's not getting higher. It won't be higher after this year. You won't be able to acquire more assets for him after this year. And if you're not going to win a championship, what do you play the game for? So what you're looking at right now is a situation where Portland can build around Scoot Henderson and they can trade Dame Lillard for as many assets as possible. They have plenty of money. They have Anthony Simons. They can build around a two and a three that can really uh, forecast your future. 
in Portland. So that that to me is simple. I'm trading Dame. I'm getting. I'm probably going to trade him to Miami, and I'm going to get as many assets as possible. Pair him with a Tyler Hero. It makes too much sense to me. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't. I think this this I've been calling it all off season. Dame to Miami. Said it since the first show. Okay. Well, Dylan, you can go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to really beat a dead horse, but yeah, they should obviously rebuild. You know, if they were going to build around Dame, trading that third pick was something that they probably should have done. That was going to be probably, honestly, their most valuable piece, um, regardless of how you feel about Scoot Henderson or not. Um, that was still the, a very, very valuable piece that they should have traded before if they were going to get something for Damian Lillard. Now, a package of Anthony Simons and Nasir Little and some picks probably wouldn't seem very enticing to get any big star on that team. Even with Scoot Henderson, I feel like you're going to still have some, you know, you're going to have to get him acclimated to the NBA level. It's not like he's going to be the star-studded talent. There's some potential. I mean, obviously, there's some rookie flashes and definitely things like that. But overall, like, you're betting a lot on him and Damian Lillard combo to be something championship-worthy if you took him at three, regardless of trading the pick. Um, I think it's, I think obviously Dame should try to go to a championship contender team. I think Miami's the biggest pick. Um, it's obviously the favorite. It's probably where he should go. Um, I mean, I've been here rumblings about the Nets as well too, but I'm not sure if a lineup of Damian Lillard and Macau Bridges is something championship worthy, even though I really like Macau Bridges, but yeah, you should rebuild. You have young building blocks. Um, even if you don't decide you don't even want to keep Anthony Simon, see someone you can still trade um, to get even more pieces, even if you want to go under more of a full rebuild and make Scoot that lead point guard there. Um, clear the books out of your cap. But overall, if you were going to do something with Dame, it should have been now. You should have traded that pick. You should have done something. When all these rumors were happening about you getting Zion or Paul George or all these things, you should have done some one of those things. You kind of passed that window, so now see what you can get for Damian Lillard to build around this pick, this player that you just picked with the third overall pick. You know, I'm going to argue with you a little bit, though, and I love you. I really do. But I don't think that they should have traded for Zion Williamson. Why? I was just like, I was saying names, just saying names that was out there. No, and I and I get what you're saying. I I just I think what they did was correct. I think that they're holding out for the best offer. They shouldn't be in any rush, and I think you trade Dane. You you want to do right by him. You want to be able to give him um, options on where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. He's done right by your franchise, but you trade him. That's why they're meeting today. I guarantee you that's why they're meeting today is to figure out the right trade scenario for Dane today. Even for mm-hmm. Kyle goes on, I, you just have to feel bad for man, for the for Dane, man, the, the elite talent that he has. I don't feel bad for him at all. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, it's just the way that that front office has this like structure that I, mean, I know him and McCollum were there. He he got moved to New Orleans. I mean, you said Nurkic was always out. They had no true center. I mean, Grant's there, but he's a free agent. So it's like if I'm Dane, I want out. I mean, he didn't he say like before the draft that he if they draft Scoot, he's not he does not want he doesn't want to be part of a, a rebuild. So he said that, and then he. He peeled it he back. Oh. He always does that, man. 
because he doesn't want to be seen as a bad guy by asking out. Yeah, he doesn't. So he'd rather Portland do the trade. I think he wants to do the Jordan route, stay loyal to one team, but that's not going to work in this NBA. Yeah, it's. I mean, you can't blame. You can't fault the guy for having loyalty, but at the end of the day, it's his fault. It's his fault. He wanted to be loyal to Portland. He wanted to be one of those players that stayed there for a grind. You know, kind of in a Giannis way, kind of in a Jokic way, different things like that. But sometimes it just doesn't happen. And you gotta, if you're a fan of Damian Lillard, you gotta like Damian. Loyalty, but also at the same time, it's it's it was his biggest fault in his career being loyal for so long. I mean, you can call it a fault. I listen. I think you guys all overvalue what Dane Lillard means to a team. Me? Nothing against the guy. I just think what you guys are all all do is the same thing. I feel bad for him. The guy played with C.J. McCollum. The guy played with Lamarcus Aldridge. The guy played with Yusuf Nurkic. He's played with people throughout his career. He hasn't won. Like mm-hmm. call it what it is. He's a good player. He's a very good player. Is he a superstar? Yeah, I mean, as peaks, he is a superstar. But he's definitely not good enough to carry a team to the championship. It, I'll tell you right now, I don't think there's any team in NBA history, I, not NBA history, but I don't think there's any team that Dane Lillard can carry as the best player to win a championship. I just don't believe it. I don't believe any team that has Dane Lillard as their best player will be an NBA champion. It's just the truth. Yeah. Um, just... Actually, that's where I was going with my answer. Because, um, yeah, Freddie says it will work. He has to be the right team. We'll work. The, oh, okay. Wait, my problem, oh. yeah, I guess for um, Damian Lillard, if you send him to the right team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But my thing has always been about Dame Lillard when people would be like, oh, he needs to get out of Portland to win and Portland's whatever, doing this disservice and all this kind of stuff. Lillard is a really good scorer. Don't know if that leads to a title. You know, when he and CJ were together, the unfortunate thing was, I think when you're built around two kind of smallish guards, you don't win that way. You know, everybody, you know, Portland, I think, tried to do, you know, they saw like Steph Curry leading Golden State to a title. They figured Dame Lillard was that type of guy. I think what they finally started to realize is he's not necessarily at Steph's level, plus Steph's surrounding cast you know, fit with him perfectly, whereas Portland's just never was able to do it with Lillard. You know, Gene said it. He played with LaMarcus Aldridge when LaMarcus Aldridge was one of the best four men in the league. CJ McCollum was seen as, I mean, he and Lillard were seen as one of the best backcourts in the league. There's been Portland teams that have been seen as some of the deepest teams in the league. So maybe he's just like Carmelo Anthony, really great player just wasn't good enough to win a title. And I think Lillard fans and NBA fans probably just have to kind of come to grips with that. But to answer my own question, I'm shipping Lillard out tomorrow. We, we've done this song and dance with him. You know, he was great for the community. Love that about him. But I own Portland. I'm trying to win a title. I got Henderson. We move on with Henderson. Simons, if you want to bring out Jeremy Grant, knock yourself out. If not, start the process over again, and hopefully Scoot Henderson is a guy you can kind of find the pieces around to win a title. So I'm trading him too. Yeah, I want to say one more thing about like this, the Portland. Like I think that like a lot of Portland fans, and I know Chauncey Bluffs is a terrific player, like back in the day, but they thought that them getting Chauncey Bluffs kind of like would move the needle as far as like maybe getting talent to Portland, but I don't think that. Chauncey is enough as a coach. Um, but at the time, they were like, oh, yeah, Chauncey Billum's there. We're going to be a, you know, we're gonna be a c- contender in the West. But 
I don't know. Maybe I that's my take on it at the time. Let me ask you a question though, real quick. I mean, just as we're talking, who had more talent on their team, Dame Lillard or Jimmy Butler in Miami? Jimmy Butler took that team to the finals. Like, let's stop lying to ourselves yeah. and pretending that Dame Dame Lillard just doesn't make players around him better. He's a great scorer. He's a great player. But he's like he's in that he's in that eight through fifteen, eight through twenty range in the NBA. He's not great enough to lead a team to the finals. And like I said earlier, he'll never be the best player on a championship roster. And that's just all there is to it. Sorry. Portland needs to move on. Yep, I agree. Fair enough. I mean, everybody in the chat saying send him to Miami, which is basically what we said. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean if he wants to win Miami. a ring, that's the best That's the best case scenario. It's probably going there. But you can get a lot from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd, you'd get definitely like Tyler Hero probably. And That's another good great... piece to go with Scoot. Correct. Yep. Um, All right. I guess that's what we got for there. We go with another NBA question for question number two, and it reads it leads right into this. Dylan, go ahead, fire away. So yeah, so thinking about NBA after, of course, the NBA draft is over. Thinking about NBA free agency, it's not a big pool of talent i would say of course we don't have like big x factor free agents really necessarily in this year's free agency class also we don't have a lot of teams with a lot of money but with that being said in this free agency class who do you think could be a sneaky free agency signing that a team let's say that's kind of at a mid-level or a team that's close to getting to a championship level aspect could do or a player that they could sign that might set them over that bar or make them at a point where you'd be like okay this team could definitely compete and shock a lot of teams this year so with that being said, we'll start with Kyle. Yeah, I was going through the free agent list, and it's not that great. Um, so I kind of took it as if I was a contender looking for a guy who could possibly get us what we need, maybe to win a title. I mean, this I don't know if this is going to be a popular name. I saw Joe Ingles out there. Now, Barring the injury and all that, that he had, if you look at Joe Ingles as a guy who comes off your bench in, you know, today's NBA, he shoots really efficient from three. You know, he can run the point for you off the bench. I felt like he's a guy, if you're a contending team, need backcourt help, you know, he's a guy I would look at. You know, I could easily have gone with one of the bigger names, but like you, because I look at like under the radar type of signing, I think Joe Ingles is probably that type of guy. Because it's obvious to say like Kyrie or, I mean, I wouldn't say Kyrie, but like Middleton or whatever. But I think Ingles will be a guy who will contend, who will contribute to a contending team next year for sure. It's not a bad look. And honestly, I read this question so much differently than Dylan, like, just said it. So I'm kind of reevaluating my answer as a whole. Uh, Dylan, you want me? You want me to go next, or you want Jordan? Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, if you need to think, uh, that's fine. But it's no, whoever's. So think let, me, let me tell you where my head went, right? And I know it's not under the radar, like what you said. Um, what I think would be a perfect offseason for the Dallas Mavericks would be to bring in Draymond Green and Chris Middleton. I've argued for years that it's very tough to fight find people to play around Luka and Doncic. You have an offseason with two players that are perfect to build around what Luka does. And you can literally fill your three and your four with Chris Middleton and Draymond Green. Now, as far as an under-the-radar player that can help a championship team, 
guys, it, it's perfect. It's Josh Hart. It's always been Josh Hart. Josh Hart is that glue guy that can do a lot of things for a lot of rosters. He plays defense. He is unselfish. He can pass the ball well. He, he's a hustler. He's going to be a great chemistry guy, a great team guy. Look what he did to the New York Knicks last year. Y'all forget the New York Knicks were just an average to below average team until Josh Hart got traded there around the trade deadline. And that team went on a run. And everyone talking about Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle and all these other guys. But Josh Hart is that glue guy that puts it together for a team. So Josh Hart is the guy. And then the last one, a little sneaky one I want to throw in there. Look out for Jordan Clarkson to be a backup point guard for the 70, for the 76ers. Uh, if, the, if James Harden leaves, like I expect him to, uh, I think all this is pandering. The mm-hmm. 76ers are, are going really hard to get James Harden. I think the Philadelphia 76ers could bring in a Jordan Clarkson as that instant offense when Tyrese Maxey leaves the court and then bring yourself in. I, I think Tobias Harris will be traded, and then they can bring themselves in an extra player like a Jeremy Grant. Um, I could see this happening, and I think Jordan Clarkson is a, a guy that reminds me a lot of Lou Williams. Uh, comes off the bench, can can spark that second-team offense and get you some offense while your stars are on the bench. Okay. All right. Um, to you, Jordan. So, so, Dylan, are we talking about, like, like, like for our team? And um, just, for just overall. So I think a surprise pick um, would be – I know – Jeremiah Grant is, is probably going to sign back with Portland. But I like to see Lakers make a move at him. A good, you know, young player who can slash, shoot. He can play the four, the three. Um, and as sleeper, um, I would I was looking at my phone because for the available free agents. I was gonna say another a sleeper, um, Seth Curry. You know, obviously his best his best days are are behind him, but he can still shoot the three. He can still, you know, make plays. Um, so that's a sleeper. Um, but my top one was Jeremiah Grant. But he's probably going to end up back in Portland with their rebuild process. That's a good fit for Laker. I think he's a good stretch guy who can, you know, slash, create plays. You're still young, like in his late 20s. I would not be sad about that that trade. Um so yeah, I mean, but like you said, the market's not really like as like you know, like oh, wow, like I-, I want that player off the bat, you know. So that's my that's my that's my surprise player, Jamal. I Grant. just I just I just think it's funny that you took this and and turned it right into a Lakers talk. I got news for you, bro. You can get the top four free agents and have them all go to L.A. and they still won't win a championship. That team stinks. Well, Kyle said Kyle picked the Celtics, right? So for your team, Tyler. Right, Oh, you did? I just said Joe Ingles is a guy yeah. who, yeah, I, I have my sellers wish list, but I, I, I didn't use it for this one. Oh, well. Yeah, I get it, bro. I get it, though. <laughs> you want the you want the Lakers to be good. They, this and they can get any player in this free agency class, and their team's still gonna be ass. So, <laughs> although Dylan didn't like my pick of Joe Ingles, though. I mean, Joe Joe Ingles is an interesting pick. He's just on. He's also on the older <laughs> age. He's like what. Joe Ingles. 35, 36. Well, I feel like Jeremiah Grant would be a good addition for any team, to be fair. So, don't. I said the Lakers, but he can, he, he's a hot free agent right now. So. I agree with I agree with that. I just said him. I agree with that. 
So, I mean, Jeremy Grant's a good pick. Jeremy Grant's someone who I thought was going to be sneaky. I don't know where he's going to sign. I'm not sure how much he's really asking for. I know, I don't know how, what the Portland Trailblazers market is on him, if he's someone they want to re-sign or if he's open to other offers. But I think he would definitely just be a good uh, a good power forward who can space the ball, definitely has some decent rebounding skills, um, a good scorer, definitely is kind of streaky when it comes to his performances, but is still really good overall. Um, I thought he played... Well, at Portland, I didn't think it was anything like over the moon. Um, overall, I think he'll be good. Someone like Jakob Podol as well, a center who can get you a pretty good double-double a night. I think he'll be a good piece on any championship contender. Um, I know he's, what, like seven foot, so that's pretty good size-wise. Um, I feel like he's someone who won't be asking for a lot of money, but someone who can get you a good 12, 13 a night with 10 rebounds. Someone, a center is a really big piece that a lot of teams don't have a great player of a lot of times nowadays in this NBA. Um, so I think he would be a very underrated signing. And then I have I have questions about someone like Mike Conley. I feel like he could be a good veteran point guard on a lot of teams, but also when you get to this point, he is, uh, of course, on that older age of 35. You have some questions about him. He didn't really have, I would say, the best of time at Minnesota, but overall, overall, he did really good there. Um, I'm not sure how much he's also going to be asking for. It's weird when you get to the, a lot of these veteran guys, you don't know if they're going to take a little bit less to get onto a championship contender team or if they're going to take a little bit more because they value themselves. We obviously saw what a point guard like Chris Paul just went for in a trade with, with the Warriors, like Jordan Poole, a couple of picks. Um, so it's going to, it's going to be very interesting. Those are some guys I like. Um, I liked Nas Reed a lot, but he ended up re-signing back with Minnesota, so I kind of had to write him off. Terrible I thought he was re-signing. Really good it's a terrible a lot of money, re-signing. For a lot of money, for a lot of money. I thought he would be good elsewhere. I don't know why Minnesota gave them as much money as they did. They could have definitely used that somewhere else. Minnesota's um, trying to start five centers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and then, what are um, we doing in Minnesota? And then just just for a fun name, Kelly Olenek. He's obviously a good scorer. Um, he did have a good a good season with the jazz. I would say, um, what? I think he, I, I wouldn't not, say Kelly Olenek is a good scorer. I did not like, like a great, super good scorer, like elite, but he's someone who has like good scoring potential. I mean, at least a good fit guy as a veteran in a lineup. He would, if you had him off the bench, like he didn't score horrible in Utah this year. He had good moments. Bro, I love I love you, bro. I think you're very, very smart. I think you're very intelligent. But please don't tell me a guy that averaged ten points for his career, twelve points on a Utah team okay. in which he started sixty-eight games is a good scorer. Okay, in a Utah team that's not looking at him as like a great number one option. I mean, I'm saying for like a veteran signing, someone that you're gonna probably sign for eight to nine million a year on some of these championship contender teams, it's probably a pretty good signing to get someone like that off the bench scoring wise. I wouldn't give Kelly Olenek eight eight to nine hundred thousand. Fair enough. That's a, stinks, yeah. See, Dylan, bro. I don't that I would make Dylan. He's a dirty <laughs> player. He stinks. Listen, Dylan's one of the smartest people I ever get. Yeah, to I like Dylan. Me, you're cool, man. <laughs> but I cannot, in the, in the, for the life of me, understand why Kelly Olenek got any play on this show. And I think I have a little hate towards him because he thinks he's a very dirty player. He grabs people by the arm. He tries to pull their arm out. Like the thing he did with Kevin Love, I'll never like Kelly Olynyk. Oh yeah, I never right. like him. I'm a little bit of a hater, so excuse me Fair for enough. that. Fair but. enough. Another another player I was looking at the list, um, Harrison Barnes. Um, I, I think the Kings might want to keep him. 
But he's like that. And he he's still in the league, still like that 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 perimeter shooter that a team could use. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I'm not gonna say my team because I'm gonna be biased again. Bro, you <laughs> no, can't no, sign I'm, every I'm free agent. I'm okay, I'm joking, man. I'm joking. I just want Dean to get a reaction. Jordan, Jordan, we actually have two minutes, actually. We have two minutes. Jordan, let me ask you a question real quick. <laughs> oh, shoot, man. Um, I just want to understand this a little bit. If you could give me the perfect Lakers offseason, like what free agents are they signing? I just want to know. Like, I, like I'm like i just super curious. I mean, well, technically, if you want to say Reeves and Hachimura, for, I want to sign them first. That's a, okay, so we're going to get Reeves and Hachimura. Agency. Are we doing anything that's else? That's your free agency. No, 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 no. Not really. All right, you got Reeves yeah. and Hachimura. What else are we doing? I'm getting rid of – run, I'm getting rid of – I'm getting rid of Russell. Okay, I'm getting rid of D'Angelo Russell. M- Malik Beasley. He wasn't really right. a contributor. Okay. Um, I'm keeping Schroeder. My me like she's a good defensive backup point guard. Okay, so who are we signing? Well, uh, well, I mean, who's available? I mean, I might have to do a trade or you have the whole list in front of you, bro. We just talked about it. So, Um, I mean, Dylan Brooks, yeah, the league, Jordan Clarkson. So, you gotta sign Dylan Brooks and Jordan Clarkson. No, 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 I'm just naming the players I see. Um, Jordan, I just need to understand, bro. I'm giving you the perfect (laughs) offseason. For the Lakers, you tell me who the Lakers signed with that perfect offseason. So you I went with like Austin Reeves and Rui. That's the priority. Okay, their priority. Now, now who's who's who else are you adding? You're just losing D'Lo and losing Malik Beasley and not adding anything. Oh, like, let me mean, know who you're adding. Jordan Clarkson. I take him. All right, so you're adding Jordan Clarkson. Um, I do like um, I do like Brooks Lopez. He's a good backup. He can be like a backup okay. center for AD. A the good defensive shooter player still. of the year could be a good backup center. I got it. I did want Nas Reed, um, but you know I don't. I didn't like that contract. I, I was surprised that they. Did you just say the defensive player of the year could be a good backup center? I mean, well, who's gonna? Well, he's not. He's gonna replace AD. <laughs> or he? I don't no. know. Nah, oh, bro. Man. I just. I'm just trying to understand. You want to sign Brook Lopez to be a backup center? Just help me. Help me. Help you. I, I mean, so okay. Okay, so say if we sign, say if we get Brook Lopez, right? Is okay. he an automatic starter? I mean, because it's going to be the point guard. What are you signing guard. Brooke Lopez for? Yeah, you what are you signing Brooke Lopez for? The thing him? is, you can't sign Brooke Lopez. What, what is he going to play? Why would he play backup? He just won defensive player of the year. He's starting. And they got knocked out by the Miami Heat. <laughs> okay, and he won defensive player because of, of him? the year. I'm not saying it was because of him. Shea Gilgis was, uh, was NBA all first team, but he got knocked out in the play. Right, who, who's going to back up? Who's going to back up uh, AD? The point is, Brooke Lopez, as defensive player of the year, is not going to take that role necessarily. We had Mobamba. I mean, he, 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 why, he didn't do anything. Why don't, why don't we get Shaq at his prime to come back? What do you think? Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah, I don't know. You could go sign, like, Dwight Powell. That's that's a good backup. You know, that's a reasonable one. <laughs> I uh, mean, hey, Freddie, can, you can put him at the uh, – put 80 at the four and have – Are you just reading time. Freddie's comment? <laughs> Oh, no, you you want to you want to put Demarcus Cousins back in the mix? That's not a Lakers move. <laughs> All right, bro, I'm done. I'm sorry, Jordan. I just need to understand what the perfect because you just said like, oh, for the Lakers, they could sign Jeremy Grant and they could sign Jordan Clarkson oh, yeah. and they could sign uh, who he said somebody uh, Jordan Clarkson, Jeremy Grant, said third player. He goes, that'd be a good um, sign. I don't want to be a homer. I think you should bring in Derrick Rose. That's the pick right there. I love that. 
I think that's him, what him, the him Lakers should do. Austin yeah. Reeves, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, and Derrick Rose. That's your offseason. And that's all you have money to do. I'm just saying, just like, be who would be, like, who would be AD's backup? I don't know, bro. You can't that's have AD, saying. LeBron, Rui, Austin Reeves, Dennis Schroeder, Derrick Rose, and, and just afford to just sign a defensive player of the year to be AD's backup. You can't do that. That's just – that's not how that sign, works. Sign like Cody Zeller. I don't know. Blake Griffin. Those yeah, are, like, people go. you can get as a backup center. Derrick no, Favors. Blake Griffin's dead, bro. Yeah, Dario go get Sarge. Dwight from go get Dwight from China, bro. He's ready yeah. to come back. Oh, Dwight, man. <laughs> hey, he's all a three right, point right. shooter now. Throw, throw Jermichael Green some money. All right, we're gonna roll into the NFL now. I honestly, if I'm if I'm the if I'm the Lakers, I just I, I would just take Jordan's plan. That's the way to go. All right, we're gonna roll into the NFL. <laughs> all um, right. I love this question right here. Uh, is this me? This is me, yep. right? I love this question here. So I'm going to read it to you as I scripted it, right? Last year, we've seen a lot of players go from good to great. We've seen players go from okay, like fair to good. And we've seen players fall off an absolute cliff. And in the NFL, this happens every year, right? Just an example, last year, we were talking about Jalen Hurts could be an NFL starter, and he finished second for NFL MVP. That's an example of a player that went from good to great. Uh, we can also talk about Devontae Smith. I'm an Eagles fan. I'm giving you two examples. A guy that went from fair his rookie year to good and is a promising young wide receiver. But we can also talk about players that fell off a cliff. Tom Brady fell off a cliff last year. Obviously, offensive line issues, Matt Stafford injuries. But we're going to talk about players that could fall off a cliff. So give me three. Good to great. Fair to good. And falling off a cliff. Kyle, because I know you're prepared, start us off. All right. I guess I got to redeem myself from Joe Ingles. Uh, okay, so good to great. <laughs> um, I'm thinking Justin Fields goes from good to great. And I think a lot of people put him in the good category, not necessarily because of his talent, but, you know, the pieces around him, he didn't really get to show his true ability. I think the Bears have made some moves to improve the team i think dj moore is a great get so i think we see a much better justin fields this year so he makes the the jump for average to good this one i had to think about i went donovan peoples jones because i think with watson improving over the offseason you know he's not the go-to guy in cleveland so i think he'll have a really good season playing off of amari cooper and I believe Elijah Moore. So I think Donovan Peoples-Jones will be ready to take an, another step up into at least, you know, people's minds when they think of wide receiver groups. I think he, he takes a jump off a cliff. It was kind of tough to find somebody, but I was thinking Alvin Kamara. I could see on the decline. Um, they drafted... Miller down there from TCU, who I really like. So I think he's going to get some touches. They brought in... Jamal Williams. Yep, they brought in Jamal Williams, who I feel like will take touches away from Kamara. Kamara's had some injury concerns the past couple of years. You know, so I, I think he's the one who will probably look back and say, probably falling off the cliff. I love those answers. I have three 
super bold answers and i will go last because of the dylan give me yours start with good to great or start with drop complete drop off use the average to good for the middle so good to great this was a rough question to think about because you never know who really is going to be one of those dudes to step up um so thinking good to great I got to probably say, where is it at? I'm going to say Garrett Wilson, probably. I think he's going to have a big role in this. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Oh, I'm sorry, no. Gene. It's the I'm blooper. sorry, Gene. It's a TikTok blooper right here, uh, uh, uh-oh. man. Uh-oh. No, it's not. It's not a blooper at all. He stole my answer. I've got to say Garrett yeah. Wilson. I, he's going to have a way bigger role in this offense. Obviously, winning rookie of the year definitely puts a, I would say, a bigger, a bigger, um, I wouldn't say chip on his shoulder, but it definitely gives him a little more um, time to shine. It gives him a little more limelight. It's, he's going to have more eyes looked at him, so he's going to have some bigger shoes to step into. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be so, a great quarterback to him. He's someone who can separate very well, um, which is something Aaron Rodgers likes in his receivers. He's going to be the number one in that offense. He's had time to work with him in the offseason. I think he's going to be a great connection. I think he's going to separate himself from a lot of these other receivers, even from that draft class, from like a Chris Olave or different like that, I think he's going to be on one of these upper echelon tiers of receivers. I see something around 13, 1400 yards and just shocking this season, kind of like how Devonta Smith did, just kind of just boom out of nowhere. And then, so, it, so I love that. Answer. So, so from we're going good to great. And so this is from what uh, average to good. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Average to good, I am going to go with Samaje Pirine, the running back for the Broncos. He's someone I really liked in that in that offense with the Bengals. Um, kind of got overshined by Joe Mixon a little bit, um, which wasn't really great. But the times that he did play was really good. Um, you, when you think of this Broncos offense, you think Javante Williams. Um, I think he's still struggling with his injury. So a lot of this running offense from when it comes to receiving or even catching the ball is going to be looked at through Samaje Pirine. I think he's going to have some big shoes to step into, and I think he's going to shine. I think he's someone who, when he can get going, he can get going well. He does struggle a lot of times to get going, but he's going to be the starting back in a role. Um, I do think for a couple of weeks, I don't think Trevante Williams is supposed to be back yet. I haven't really heard, you know, ACL injuries are always very tricky, very weird. There's different recovery times and different things like that. Um, So I think Samaj P. Ryan's going to be one of those dudes who, you know, if we go later into the season, if he's like top 10 in rushing, that's not something that's going to be maybe super surprising. Um, and then so falling off a cliff, this is tough. Um, it's really pretty hard to predict, you know, teams that do worse. Um, trying to think falling off of a cliff. Also, I like for average to good Isaiah Rogers, the, uh, the Giants receiver. Um, okay. falling off a cliff. I'm not, I, I was picking, I liked Alvin Kamara, but I'm not going to go with that. I'm trying to think, uh, falling off a cliff, man. If I can give you a hint brother. And, and this is because, because you've given such two great answers already. Uh, think running backs, man. Running backs. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. That's what I'm going through. Um, ha, man, I don't want to say Aaron Jones. I think he'll be fine. I, I don't want to, I'm maybe going to say Josh Jacobs. 
I'm going to just say Josh Jacobs because I don't believe he'll have the production that he will have from last year. I think this is an interesting Raiders team. You don't know really what direction they're going to go on offense. You have questions with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think a lot of this offense is going to be looked at through Josh Jacobs, and you have a lot of film on how he did last year. I don't think there's going to be a lot of holes in this offense from even pieces from that offensive line still. You have questions with Jimmy G. I just don't think he's going to have as productive as a season as he did last year. So I think Josh Jacobs is someone who could fall off a cliff, not maybe massively in a way where he's going to be like a bottom tier running back, but fall off a cliff where he's not going to have anywhere near the production he did last year. Okay. Right. Jordan, tell it, start us off, brother. So the first one was uh, good to great. Yep. Um, so this is a big, I, I'm giving this dude credit. Um, this year, so you better like prove me right. Um, so for good to great, I'm doing Michael Thomas. Um, if he can, if he can, and, and I'm saying this, the reason why I said that before is because if he can stay healthy, he can, he, he has Derek Carr, he still has Chris Olave, obviously. Um, I feel like if he can stay healthy, he can be maybe in the top 10 receiving corps this year. Bro, I can't. Um, I can't but but he has – but listen, but listen, he hasn't – the reason why I was kind of iffy about picking him because he hasn't really been healthy. Um, so average to good, I think – or average to – what was it? Average to – Average good, to good. You got average it. Average to good. Um, see, I wasn't going to put Brees Hall instead of Michael Thomas, but I'm going to put Brees Hall in the average to good. Um, I think that he can be in that great category. Um, it's just he was hurt. He's coming back from the AC, I think the ACL uh, injury, uh, but I think that he's gonna. He has Aaron Rodgers. He has that that new offense. Um, so I think he's gonna once he gets healthy and back on the field, he's gonna produce for the Jets. And I think a guy that's gonna fall off is Matt Stafford. Um, he's one year or he's one injury away from he fell off. his. Well, if he hasn't already fallen off, he's gonna fall off soon because he's one injury away from like ending his, ending his career. Um, he had that Super Bowl, you know, that Super Bowl hangover. Um, they got blown out by the Bills first game of the year. It wasn't really all on, all on his fault. Um, but, you know, oh, they're going to say, oh, Matt Stafford, you know, as, you know, Cooper Cup. And he has, you know, Odo Beckham and all, all that. And, you know, Cam Akers. So I think he's one injury away from from falling off in, in his careers. I, I was going to put two up there, too, with the with – the, Concussions, but he has a better offense than the Rams, like in um, Waddle and uh, Reek. So, so, so Jordan, Thomas, thank you for tall. successfully going over three on these picks. Huh? I said thank you for going over three on these picks. I appreciate that. Oh. How about to say Michael, Michael Thomas, Thomas would have been a good good guess for fall off a cliff? Why not? But I think he fell off too. Yeah, yeah he fell. He got off he got injured falling off that cliff. Um. I have a bunch for each category. Um, I'm going to go from uh, falling off a cliff first. There's Just look at the running backs, guys. Dalvin Cook, done. I don't care where he goes. His legs are shot. Those knees are gone. Here's a bigger one for you. Derrick Henry, done. I mean, I've seen it at the end of last year. His legs are just not there. Derrick Henry is just completely shot. I think Derrick Henry won't even eclipse 1,000 yards this year. Just understand that now. As far as quarterback position of falling off a cliff, and I'm going backwards for a reason. I'm going to tell you why. But as far as a quarterback position of falling off a cliff, I think Derek Carr is going to have an absolutely awful season in New Orleans. People think that the New Orleans team is going to be good. You have a defensive head coach, and you're going to try to run an offense. 
with just Chris Olave, I don't know what to tell you. I think Alvin Kamara is a great pick also. Average to good. Here's a tight end that I think could finish number two or number three in tight end overall production. It's David Njoku. Uh, you want to look at a perfect a prime example for a player to go from good, from average to good this year. It's David Njoku. Uh, Njoku's got Deshaun Watson over there in, in, in Cleveland, full offseason. He's never had a real quarterback that can get the ball to the tight end. Deshaun Watson can do that. I also want to give you a guy that I think is going to go from no, someone you never, you haven't heard of much to someone that is going to be good this year and is going to be very relevant, and that's Justin Ross. Uh, most people don't even know who, who the hell I'm talking about. But the Chiefs took a flyer on him as an undrafted free agent. He redshirted the whole year to, to recover from injury. If you watch Justin Ross at Clemson, you understand how much of a problem this kid can be. I think he could be a Tyreek Hill-esque uh, player on that Kansas City Chiefs team. And I think the reason they, did, they let Juju walk and they haven't signed a wide receiver this year in free agency is because they know that. Another option from good to great is Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco is going to walk into this season as an RB 18 through 20 in a lot of fantasy drafts and listed as a bottom-tier running back starting in the NFL. And I think Pacheco can absolutely dominate this year in the NFL for the Kansas State Chiefs. Now let's go from good to great. Here's a bold prediction, ladies and gentlemen, of the jury. I think Garrett Wilson is the number one receiver in football this year. Let me just tell you, let me just say that again. Garrett Wilson won Offensive Rookie of the Year last year with Zach Wilson throwing him the football. Are you guys not what This kid ran all over the field, and now he's going to have the most accurate quarterback in the NFL throwing him the ball. Garrett Wilson is going to be an absolute stud. Uh, Bino keeps saying Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, I think Tony Pollard has somewhat of a breakout year but I do not think it'll be as high as people think it will be strictly because I think he's a great change of pace back. I don't think he's a bell count back. I just wanted to reply to what he said there, but Garrett Wilson, I feel like is the perfect candidate from good to great. Um, Justin Fields is another one. I've already viewed him as great, but I feel like what you've done is you've brought him to a team where you have, now you have a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two and a wide receiver three by adding DJ Moore. They, they solidified that offensive line. I really believe that Justin Fields has a, has a breakout year and takes another jump from good to great. And then the last one, I, I forgot this one from fair to good, but I think that this guy has a, a potential to go from fair to great. It's Terrace Marshall of the Carolina Panthers. I think that people look at that Adam Thielen signing and they see uh, a target for Bryce Young. I think Terrace Marshall – absolutely blows up in that Carolina Panthers offense this year. I think the connection between him and Bryce Young will be incredible. And I think Terrace Marshall is one of your breakout wide receivers this year. I really like the David Njoku pick a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think between him and Peoples-Jones, I think, yeah, one of those guys has to blow up with Deshaun Watson this year. I think a lot of people forget that the Cleveland Browns – I see – I didn't agree with the Peoples-Jones one, just, and, and it could be accurate, but I didn't agree with that one because of a very under-the-radar signing that the Browns made this offseason that a lot of people don't know they made. Do you know that, that their slot wide receiver is Elijah Moore? 
And I think that yeah. a lot of people give yeah. Elijah Moore a lot of crap. And they don't realize that he played in New York with awful quarterback yeah. play. This is a first-round wide receiver with Ole unbelievable Miss. talent. I really believe Elijah Moore would be that 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 option instead of People's Jones. Didn't, Just my didn't they trade opinion. like a second-round pick for him? They tra- they 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 believe in him. They traded some capital. Yeah. Okay. I uh, this just you know I get it. Uh, Pollard is not every down back. He's nice. He's not a fifteen hundred yard bet. I agree. Um, Agreed. He's definitely one of those guys that are good in spurts when people don't expect him. I mean, listen, I don't know if Bino is a Cowboys fan or if he's really high on, on Pollard, but either way, I get it. I understand that. I think he is a Cowboys fan. I think they said that Doug has some uh, some friends now in the chat. But uh, regardless, I don't I don't think it's a bad pick. I just think that uh, that Tony Pollard really ate a lot in that half change of pace role, um, 50-50 split with Ezekiel Elliott. And I think without Zeke being there and him being counted on to be the bell cow, that'll be a real issue. All right, 745. We are perfectly on time. Let's move to the last question tonight. Um, uh, I love this question. So, yeah. I, Dylan, I mean, I don't – do you want to say the question for me? I don't, I don't want to, like, stumble over my words. Yeah, so basically what the question is, is a lot of the times when you look at NFL offenses or just the NFL in whole, offense gets a lot of the shine when you look at X-Factor players, big stars, everything like that. Like, for example, you can open, you can go to the store, buy a pack of football cards. You're getting more offensive players, more offensive stars than you're getting defensive cards. That's because the offensive players are popular. They make the big moves. They make the big scores. They get the highlights. They do the dances. They have all the fun stuff. But looking at the other side of the ball, defense wins championships. So when you look at X factors onto the defense, what do you think is the most important position when it comes to the defense? And then... Who are some players who are like at the prime, the top in their position right now in the NFL at that position? So we'll start with Gene on this one. So I love this question, but I feel like I'm hoping you guys all give the same answer because I think that the answer now in the NFL is edge. It's edge rusher. And I, you know, I see Kyle put it on the screen already. Uh, you, you have edge rushers and Aaron Donald. Edge rushers. The Micah Parsons, that jet joker mentality, coming off the edge. Uh, Miles Garrett, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. Uh, you look last year at Son Reddick. The top three players for defensive player of the year were all edge rushers. The edge rushers are the prime in the NFL. And I think that actually Chris Jones got the NFL defensive player of the year consideration, which he, he shouldn't have been in the top three. That's okay. Uh, I think edge rushers is the answer, though. So I think that, um, you know, you have Hassan Reddick from the Philadelphia Eagles. You have Micah Parsons, who I think is a generational talent. I don't think you're going to see an edge rusher like him ever again. It, he's just ridiculous. Guy runs a 4-3 coming off the edge, and he's strong, and he's quick, and he can play the middle. He's smart enough to play the middle. Micah Parsons is the answer. I hate giving a Cowboy credit, but edge rusher and <laughs> Micah Parsons. Um, I'm gonna go a different route on the defense. I think I'm gonna go um, the the two positions, cornerback and safety, because in this in this in this league, um, you you have the quarterbacks like Mahomes, you know, who can sling the ball. Um, you have the receivers like Tyreek Hill, um, Justin Jefferson, people who, who can go down and get it. So you need that that position to 
be able to play deep, um, play that middle, kind of like that back up the middle linebacker, that little area, be like a spy. Um, so I think, like, you know, Kyle Hamilton, um, Sauce Gardner, um, those positions are really, really important because you need those that deep kind of like that corner corner safety to, like, you know, protect the deep ball because you had Tyreek Hill burning these cornerbacks, burning these safeties. Um, you got – I would say Stephon Diggs because he's having a sissy fit right now, but, like, Stephon Diggs, those heroes who can go get it, D-hop. So I think, yeah, Gene, I, I agree, um, like, that those – are keys. I think that if, if a team doesn't have a deep ball hawking cornerback, it's not gonna work. So I think that that position is more value. It's valued as as the same as the defensive back position. Um, this is my. I opinion. think edge rushers just, and I appreciate your opinion. I just think edge rushers make a cornerback's job so much easier than it should oh, be. I agree because they, they have to get to the cornerback first, you know. So I. But I'm saying, like, you know, with deep ball quarterbacks like Josh Allen and, and Mahomes and even Hurts, um, guys who can sling the ball. And, like, you need those receivers or those cornerbacks and safeties to, like, be there, be ready to, like – I know it's hard – it's probably one of the hardest players on the field because, like, you get called for passing interference a lot. Um, but, like, you need those players to play the ball, play the player, play the deep ball. So that's, that's hard. But I agree with Eugene, like, if you have a good D back, it, it, it definitely helps the quarterback or the cornerbacks out. But that's kind of how I look at the cornerback or the, like Falls Gardner, um, Kyle Hamilton. Um, who the Ravens. Kyle Hamilton. There's the Ravens talk. There's the Ravens talk. Yeah. Uh, really coming, bro. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, even. Hey, that's, ah. he's, been, he's important. <laughs> we look we at the cornerbacks like Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, but they play key roles though. So, yeah, Kyle. I mean, I probably thought you're gonna go linebacker because of Roquan Smith. Hey, but hey. Um, <laughs> that too, man. That too, bro. <laughs> I was actually gonna go cornerback as well because I figured defensive end and edge was gonna be the obvious one. You know, it's a passing league. I feel like the smarter quarterbacks and smarter offensive coaches can necessarily, you know, neutralize some of the great pass rushers if they know what they're doing. Um, whereas a cornerback, look, if the pass rush doesn't get there and you're out on the island, like, you have a lot of ground to cover. A lot of these wide receivers are very shifty. They're, you know, uh, quick and all that. So I was looking at, you know, Sauce Gardner, of course. I mean, up until, you know, he was kind of undressed a little bit last year. Jair Alexander, guys like that. You know, they're important because a lot of times you can draft a guy who you think is going to be a really good edge rusher and then they kind of fall flat. And that just puts so much pressure on the back end of your of your defense. So I'm sticking with cornerback, even though I do know the answer is defensive end, because that's obviously the easiest way to stop a great quarterback is to hit him. And your edge rushers are, are the best at that. Yeah, Jory, uh, yeah. Gene caught out your running back. Sorry, you missed it. I don't even think it was blasphemous what Gene said. You know, Derrick Henry's got a lot of miles hey, on his Anything you say about Jory's team, she's going to be defensive. So, hey, first of all, I, I, first of all, I, I feel like her. she's realistic okay. with her team, though. And I need to, I need to address something you just said because I think you took a side shot at one of my favorite players in the league, Kyle. Who I need to address something? Did you say that Jair Alexander got undressed last year? I did say that. Then I remembered it was the other way. So. So, because I remember 
January 1st, New Year's Day. Everyone was talking about Jay Jettas being the best receiver yes, in football. That, that, that's what I was referring to, but I had it backwards. So, yes. I, and I Jair Alexander yes. said, oh, I'm shutting him down. I'm shutting him down. Yeah. And I'm going to read you some stats from that game because it matters so much to me. Yeah. Justin Jefferson had one reception for 15 yards that game. That's the best cornerback in football right there. Air Jair. Sorry, my, my favorite players in the game. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, I definitely misspoke on that one. But, yes, nah, I mean, good, he, he's definitely part of that group. So, yes, I, I, I'll go with the cornerbacks. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, uh, my answer is going to kind of be the favorite. It's going to be edge rushers. I mean, even if you look at recent NFL drafts, outside of quarterbacks, look at the number one position that's been taken that hasn't been a quarterback. It's edge rushers. It's edge rushers. They're so valuable that teams are willing to spend the first overall pick in a draft. You can get any player you want. And if you have a quarterback, teams are going edge rushers. It's it, it, They make so much of a big difference in such a pass-happy league. If you have someone who can get to the quarterback quick, shed off, or just create any sort of pressure to disrupt them, quarterbacks struggle. And that's what makes them so valuable, is a lot of these quarterbacks have issues when it comes to not having a clean pocket. If you have someone who can give them any sort of pressure, give them any sort of trouble, it make them rattled in any sense, they struggle. Um, I think edge rushers are so big in a sense um, I'm not going to really kind of heavy hit why they're good or bad or anything like that. Obviously, um, edge rushers have been talked about a lot. Another position I would like to give a little nod to is just linebackers, especially middle linebackers, essentially. Um, someone who's looked at as like kind of a field general in a sense, the one that's supposed to be calling out the coverages, oh, wow. picking up the run and the pass. Um, playing on tight ends, sometimes playing on slot receivers, having to pick up outside inside runs, covering gaps. I think when you look at different middle linebackers in a sense, like people like Bobby Wagner, of course, I'm going to have a little homerism with him. Even someone like Fred Warner, different players like that who do so much more than just, you know, tackle. They do other things to help out so many other players on the defense. Just give them a little nod just because they do so many different things when it comes to the football. But overall, cornerback's a good answer, especially in a league where we have a lot of passing going on, of course. Having a shutdown corner is a big thing. I didn't pick cornerbacks because if you look at teams like Kansas City, they don't really have an elite top-tier cornerback, and they just won a Super Bowl. Um, but regardless, um, I think – Although I think every defensive position is going to have its up and downs, but I think, you know, just getting a quarterback rattled is really helpful, especially ones the edge rushers that can play off the run as well. So um, you reminded me of a player that I didn't mention in my good to great or my fair to good range because I was just doing all offense. And as soon as you said it, I'm going to say a name. Guys, I don't think I've ever been a bigger fan of a player in my life from college to the pros and the way he handled himself in the NFL last year, not being able to play. I'm going to give you a name that I think is going to be a household name in two years. I think he'll be one of the best linebackers in all football. Yes. You can call me Jordan because this will be a little homerism, but Nakobe Dean, remember the name that guy is going to start at middle linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles this year. And that guy is going to be one of the best linebackers in football. I am so sure of it, and you can call me to the carpet in two years from now. This guy's not an all-pro linebacker. I, I'm telling you, I watched this guy at Georgia. I watched the way he behaved and acted last year, sitting behind T.J. Edwards the whole year, 
when everyone, when he's like, of course I want to play, but I'm a team player and we're winning games. So it's no time to make a change. I understand every single player, Javon, uh, Javon Carter, the moment he got drafted, he goes, I get to play with N'Kobe Dean again. Nolan Smith, Jordan Davis, they all look up to N'Kobe Dean. He was the leader of the best college defense that we've seen over the last 20 years in that Georgia Bulldogs team of two years ago. Had to bring that up. You brought up linebackers. I couldn't. I couldn't get. I couldn't get away from it. No problem. No problem. Give your give your boy a shout out. Yeah. But I think that was a good answer because you know linebackers they they have a lot to do, especially the top tier ones. They may have to cover a tight end. They have to maybe step up and get a running back in the backfield. So I think that was a good call with Warner and those guys as well. Yeah, even with Nakobe Dean, he was looked at as a steal when the Eagles got yeah. him as well too. So he's definitely someone. Yeah, absolutely. Gentlemen, it is 756. I'm going to ask all three of you, all three of you guys, if you have any final comments tonight before we listen to my man, Doug. And by the way, me and Doug were talking earlier. We got a little thing that we're working on. It's East meets West, uh, Philly to Dallas. We're thinking about doing a little podcast, Eagles versus Cowboys. But my man, Doug, hops on next. Kyle, any final thoughts tonight? Uh, I mean, the only thing I'll say is I'm still thinking about that Joe Ingles. I, I feel like I need to redeem myself. I'm going to throw out a name out there. Terrence Ross is a guy off the bench who can get you, you know, 12 to 15, good score. I think he'll contribute next year. I know Dylan hated the uh, Joe Ingles, and I, I couldn't let that slide. So that's all I got. I love it. I love it. That's all right. Uh, Dylan, any final comments tonight? I mean, outside of, you know, got had a good NBA draft filled with some good moments. Uh, I felt like it was good overall. I feel like a lot of teams got some good picks in. Um, get ready for this. Hopefully a wild NBA free agency. Hopefully we see some players moved. Just waiting now. It's just baseball season. Got to wait for that college football to kick off again. Yep. Mr. Laker, Mr. Yankee, Mr. Raven, Mr. Dookie, Mr. Alabama football. Any final comments? Um, no, it was a good show. Uh, I'm excited to see the NBA free agency unravel. Uh, I know we got summer league coming up like mid July, late July into August, I think. I'm excited about that, but yeah, it was a good show, good content. Keep it short. Um, and yes, being as a Cowboys fan, so Mm-mm-mm. all right. Well, I'm in a hotel room away from work. I apologize once again about the audio and the look. I hope I, we brought y'all a good show. This is the Cheap Seats Podcast. We are Sports Empire Network. I'm Gene Walzak. That's the Prince of Production, Kyle Edwards. We got Dylan Reed on the ones and twos and Jordan Big J, Jean-Louis. We are signing out. Nice night, guys. See you guys. Yeah.